is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tech Girl, Miriam Joar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joar, and today is Wednesday, March 28th, 2018. My guest is John Redinger of Techno Buffalo. Hey, John, how are you? I am good, and I am happy to happy to be here. I've been a big fan, admirer of yours for, for going back way longer than I'm going to say publicly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on. This is a really exciting show, really, because the P20 just got launched by Huawei, and we've been waiting for this one for a while. I mean, a lot of... I think, you know, it looks very exciting, and we'll get into that. But I think, you know, Samsung did their thing, and, you know, it's iterative, and it's good, but... You know, we haven't really had anything super innovative in a while. And while they're in some areas, I think Huawei is kind of evolu- you know, ev- evolutionary with their product here. I think in some other areas, they're really, really pushing the envelope. And so that's got me excited. You're the guy. You're the guy that's yeah. going to talk about the P20 with me. Like, this is exciting. Yes, it looks like phones are going the same way as like, you know, razors did a few years ago. Just adding more and more blades on and now we're just adding more and more cameras. <laughs> I mean, so like, okay, the the P20 Pro, it's got three cameras and which is insane. The monochrome camera alone is 20 megapixels. The RGB is freaking 40. And then there's an eight megapixel telephoto lens. Yep. That's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you um, know, it's not that crazy in the sense that, you know, not get it at first, but, <laughs> and we'll talk about that. But I think, um... I think it's pretty impressive. I think I was not expecting that. I really was expecting them to take what they had in the May tw- in the May ten, sorry, and um, you know enhance it. So I was expecting a third lens for zoom, which is what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was also expecting the the main two sensors to remain the same, uh, twenty megapixel one f of one point six, which is the monochrome sensor. Yep. And I was expecting a, a like a twelve megapixel. Oh, 16 megapixel f over 1.6 again like basically like the mate 10 uh yeah. standard rgb sensor a good a good quality rgb sensor but they went they, and they did that for the p20 regular um but then they kind of really put a lot of twist in it yeah. by adding this you know replacing that that kind of sensor where they what seems to be from the discussions i've had with crazy phone photography fans a custom in-house made sensor that's 40 megapixels and they're doing some really tri- tricky things with that uh it's one micron pixels and and mm-hmm. one over 1.7 inch which is a really large sensor so they must be doing some really interesting things with the optics because uh to get a phone that's 7.7 millimeters whatever that p20 pro is mm-hmm. in thickness with a sensor that big and very little lens protrusion tells me that like has done some magic using a spherical elements in the optics to make that happen. Yeah, v- v- very true. In-house sensor is interesting. I'm sure your audience is pretty educated. I mean, I'm not sure. On, We're not sure, sensors. right? It's just it's just speculation. But at this point, noth- nothing on the spec. Nobody makes that sensor from what we can see. So no. unless they worked with Sony or LG or Samsung, I mean, those are the, the, image, the image sensor makers, right? I mean... Yeah, that, that, was the, that was the point I was going to make is uh, most sensors are Sony sensors. I mean, for the most part. Um, and Sony has a 40 megapixel sensor, but it's not out yet. Uh, and I be led to believe that Huawei would probably not be the first to get that sensor. Um, yeah, so I'm, we're not sure what they're doing. 
Um, also, can we talk about the the color too for a minute? The color on the pros are gorgeous. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to clarify one thing really quick for the listeners is the P20 only has dual camera, right? It doesn't add the zoom lens and it has a relatively standard setup in terms of sensors. And then um, <clears throat> the P20 Pro is the one with the, the, the really kind of really innovating in terms of imaging with this weird new sensor. And there's way more to that. There's a lot of it. It's computational photography I want to talk about. Um, you guys can hear that my voice is getting better. This is the fourth podcast. Uh, my voice is getting better. I've been sick. Um, not very sick, but my voice really took a toll. And it, it's still kind of meh. But anyway, um, colors. You know what? I think phones need more color. Completely agree. And I'm kind of glad to see that that Huawei with a P20. I think it's the only it's only the Pro, right? That has that twilight color, yeah, which is gorgeous. like a rainbow almost, but it goes from like a was it a blue green to a, like a purple purple red? Yeah, yeah. It um it, it looks it looks incredible. Check out the photos on Techno Buffalo. It yeah, there's some good examples there. Yeah, we've but, got some. Um, we we have some good um good shots. What's interesting, I think, to me about this phone um you know like you said a lot of manufacturers are going sort of iterative design this is something that's relatively new in the mass market space obviously you know it has been done before but to this level is fascinating especially if you look at you know the pixel 2 and pixel 2 xl being held to this crazy high standard for cameras i mean the, the dxo score i know has sort of been the, the default way to evaluate cameras now um but that camera i think subjectively and objectively is incredible and now you're looking at a setup here at least on paper beats that already incredible setup it just goes to show how fast things change i'm always a little you know careful with this because there's there's so much hype right and um but i played with the phones i got briefed in san francisco last week you saw my hands-on video if you haven't looked in the show notes it'll be there and i I'm impressed with the camera and, and I'm impressed in the camera to the point where I'm willing to say that maybe, and, and this is a, a, a strong, maybe not a maybe, maybe, but a, yeah, I think we might be getting to the point where this could be as good as a pixel two in some instances and potentially better in others. And I don't think there's any other phone that can do that right now. So that has got me super stoked. I agree. And the fact that something could be better than that. I think Google's machine learning on the back end is really what gives the Pixel 2 its its potential and exactly. edge. Exactly. And nobody has that level of machine learning in the sense that they don't have the data set. A lot of people don't understand that AI, machine learning, the algorithms are well known. There are some people who have better implementation of these algorithms, maybe some tweaks on these algorithms to make them slightly better. But that doesn't really matter so much. It's really what you feed into the machine learning box into the AI box that gives you the output that's that matters and what you feed into it is the more variety and the more quality of data you feed into it um and the more samples of data you feed into it the more your results will be accurate and so um that's exactly the you know the problem right now is Huawei has all this AI LG in the in the V30s plus or an NS think Q that's a handful right yeah. but that thing also has AI and Samsung has AI on their phone on their camera too but none of these can can match what what Google can do even Apple can't get there because they just don't have the data sets 
Yeah, that, that's, that's a really strong point to make and why you're seeing these incredible cameras and the incredible end product come out of, uh, of Google. And you're right, a- Apple doesn't even hold a, a candle when it comes to Google in the camera department. Um, their, their portrait effect, their background blurring, all you have to do is hold up your hand and see the web effect that's going to take place in between your fingers and try the same thing with the Pixel 2 or the 2XL and you'll really see the difference on what the machine learning makes. So, you know, the verdict will be when we get our review units. I'm supposed to get one soon. So I'm very excited because this is like, oh my God, I want this so bad. So going back to why we're excited. Okay, so... You've probably read this. Let's go over the specs. Let's let's get the P20 oh, out of the way let's first because it, it's cool. So, okay. So, the P20, I'm not mostly going to talk about the camera, but in terms of its general layout, the P20 is 5.8 inch, 18 by 9 phone with an IPS LCD panel. Um, and it has a 3,400 milliamp hour battery, 4 gigs of RAM, Kirin 970, which is uh, Huawei's in house top of the line chip. It competes easily with Snapdragon 835, 845. And it has got a dual camera system in the back. Um, it's got a 24 megapixel 0.9 micron uh, f over 2.0 front-facing camera, and it's not water resistant. Uh, I mean, it's splash resistant, but you know, not really. You can't you can't drop it in the toilet. That's always my test. Um, and so, not that I actually test the phones like that, but you know. Um, and so that's that's the lay of the land on i'm trying to remember if i forgot anything and oh no uh, no headphone jack on either of these so that's the p20 in terms of specs now the camera if you look on paper looks very similar to the mate 10 mate 10 pro camera um but it has one big difference um the uh the mate the mate cameras have f over 1.6 on both lenses the uh p20 has f over 1.8 on the color and 1.6 on the mono and here's the thing that's going to make you scream. And at first, when they briefed me, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? That was the lack of OIS. And I want to go yeah. back to that later. That's why I'm bringing it up now. And now, why don't you go quickly over the specs of the P20 Pro on how it improves over the P20? Oh, wow. yeah. I, this is, I'm like drooling just looking at the, uh, the Huawei spec sheet here. Uh, I mean, so first, the obvious one. That twilight color is hot. It's also available in black or midnight blue, and there's a, a kind of a cool pink gold color. Also to remember, this is a phone that is 7.8 millimeters thin, which it's is thin. I mean, crazy, crazy thin. So it's a bigger screen, uh, 6.1 inches. Of course, the tech is is OLED. Uh, 408 PPI. It's got the same Kirin 970 CPU, which you said really does. The RAM. A RAM is also a big deal here as well. Um, but the, the six, Kirin... Right? The, they got the... The 6 gigs, yeah. Sorry. Uh, the Go Kirin on. 970 does, does really compare very well and, and benchmark well and real world well to, to the 845 even. Um, so you get an extra 2 gigs of RAM, uh, 6 gigs, 128 gigabytes on uh, the ROM side. Although we should tease a little bit there's a version of this phone that also comes with 512 um, yeah let's let's not go there yet but but you're right yeah yeah absolutely but you know um, something to talk about um the rgb cam the cameras are where the big story takes place so it's a 40 megapixel rgb sensor f 1.8 aperture and then it adds the monochrome sensor which is 20 megapixels f 1.6 the telephoto um is 8 megapixel it's going to support also laser autofocus which is a pretty being a pretty decent thing. And then if that's not enough, the front-facing camera 
has a 24 megapixel sensor and f2.0 yeah. so you can really blow up those selfies to be like giant wall pictures um you know, so if, you, a few uh, notes on the it. on the zoom lens the tele lens has a um a f over 2.4 which is pretty standard for tele lens mm -hmm. yep and then it has uh for the f-stop and it has a uh let's see it has ois which is really interesting um so you know keep that in mind because we're going to go back to this lack of ois on the main sensors and ois on the zoom thing in a second um and then what else is there the the uh the, the front-facing cameras are the same as i said 24 as, as john said 24 yeah. megapixel 0.9 micron pixels with two f02.0 and there was one more difference i can't remember oh the battery is 4000 instead of 3400 yeah. and then oh this is an infrared uh, transmitter on the pro which i didn't see on the 20. so oh, i it's assume got... it's not on the 20. Yeah, i didn't realize it even had an air blaster on it uh yeah, yeah it does it's at the top uh like where the where you'd expect the headphone jack to be on the top edge people um, are fanatical so no about, jack, about that Final difference blaster. between the P20 and P20 Pro is it's IP67. So it's actually, you can drop it in the toilet. Um, oh, for yeah. Me. It'll be fine. So that's a big, so it'll be, oh, oh, another huge difference you forgot. I mean, I think you mentioned it, but we didn't elaborate. And I think it's important to elaborate is that, as I said, the, the 20 has a 5.8 inch IPS panel, but the 6.1 inch on the P20 Pro is OLED. OLED. That, that is a big, that is a big one. And they're t they're 1080p, so they're not like quad HD, um, and they're 18.9, so they're 1080p by some you know 18 times, uh, two times that. So I don't know what I would have to do the math real quick. It's really easy, but the the thing that's interesting too is that they both have a notch, like the iPhone. Yeah. And at first I was like, oh man, copycat notch, blah blah blah. And it and at first I was also like, man, a notch. And then the bottom of the of the screen has a little bezel with a fingerprint reader in it. It's not as small a bezel as what's on the Galaxy, but it's not as big a bezel as what used to be, say, on the P10 last year. So it's yeah. kind of like the size of bezel is similar to the Mate 10 non-Pro, which also has a fingerprint reader at the bottom. So on the front. So that's a bit weird because, you know, the whole point of going edgeless display and having a notch in your display is that you're going to try like the Mimix. 2s which mm -hmm. we're going to talk about later you're going to try to minimize bezels all the way around but somehow huawei made a phone that kind of is, is anachronistic because the, if you look at the top half it looks super modern like the iphone 10 with yep. the notch and then you look at the bottom half and if you didn't know what it was you'd be like oh look this looks like a galaxy s7 from two years ago right yeah, I, I agree. Um, you brought up a point about the fingerprint because reader. Because of the fingerprint where, reader. It's like, who puts a fingerprint yeah. reader in the front of a phone but in where, 2018? Where do you stand on ideal fingerprint reader placement? It's I know in that's, the that's, back. That's, that's Everybody the knows back. the back is where it's at. Nobody that touches their phone when they're sitting on a flat surface and unlocks it. Like, you always pick it up. And, and, and then if it's much more convenient to have it on the back simply because when it's in your pocket, by the time you pull it out of your pocket, your index fingers touch that fingerprint reader on the back because you can feel it by touch and you instantly have the phone unlocked in front of you. Kind of like Face ID. It's instantaneous. Whereas yeah, I, with, I agree. with the front one, you have to pull out the phone from your pocket and fumble with it on the edge of the bottom, which means your phone is out of balance, tap in the right way, and then by the, if you haven't dropped your phone by then, maybe it's unlocked. <laughs> it's, it's BS. <laughs> I mean, honestly, fingerprint readers in the front are passe. 
I mean, yeah. that to me looks like an old phone. The moment you see a fingerprint reader or a home button on a phone today, it means you do not have the latest phone. Go away. Miriam's looking at you, iPhone 8 owners and iPhone 8 Plus owners. Just oh got my gosh, they have no idea what they're out. missing. Called they out. They have no idea what they're missing, in my opinion. I actually agree with you. I, I, that's, a, that's another topic we can broach, but I, I absolutely completely agree with you. Uh, the iPhone 10 stands very clearly alone in Apple's portfolio. And I think it's the future. And whether people like it or not, they'd better get used to it. Because uh, honestly, I mean, I'm not an Apple fangirl, but I bought an iPhone 10 because I think it's the most innovative iPhone since the original. A and B, once you get used to the gestures, it's phenomenal. It's, it's so much, it's, it's miles ahead in terms of user experience than any yeah. iPhone before it. I've been actually very like surprised how reliable Face ID has been. That, that's been and shocking. Yeah, I mean, wow. And... And as an aside, and I want to bring this up yet again, because this is like every Android manufacturer failing miserably at being competitive, which is unusual because usually the Android manufacturers are way more competitive than Apple in terms of hardware. And they're failing yet again here with May 20 because there's no Face ID equivalent. There is Face no. Unlock, like a lot of phones have it now. The View 10 from Honor, which is also a Huawei mm -hmm. branded phone. Then there is the, uh, you know, the, uh, the OnePlus 5 and 5T, um, you know, that have very good secondary unlock using face, right? Like not primary in the sense, yeah. what I mean by that is that they're not able to be used. That, first of all, they're not secure enough to be your main unlock. Secondly, they're not able to do payments. They're not approved for Android, sorry, Google now, Google Pay. And uh, they're not approved for mission critical stuff like your banking and whatever. So... Here is what I want to see, and I think we'll see it on the Pixel 3. I, I think this is, this is the only one who can pull this off because it has to be at the system level, right? It has to be deep into Android that this yep. is done. We're going to see it with Android P on the Pixel 3, I think. And then we'll be finally at, 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 at party with what the iOS and Apple universe is bringing to the table. Because to me, that is clearly the future. I'm not saying that I don't, I think that phones should not have a fingerprint reader. I think it's nice to have the option. And this is what Android is all about. Options, choices. I support a phone that has both a fingerprint reader and it has to be in the back and face ID done through 3D geometry depth recognition of your face like apple does they're the only ones who do this samsung with their hybrid thing doesn't even come close it can't be used securely for payments because retina doesn't really work very well it's never worked for me so i think that when i use my galaxy s9 plus right now and i do with the face recognition like the hybrid face mm -hmm. it just uses my face only like it can never see my irises and work with them because i know from the past it never worked so I can probably put a photo of me in front of that phone and it'll work, you know? <laughs> Interesting. So uh, a few points. So Samsung's implementation is probably the closest that we have right now to Apple. They're hybrid. Yeah, and it works I in know, the dark, which is nice. Yeah. Retina, retinas can be used, I believe, though, for, for payment authentication, at least on Samsung side with Samsung Pay. Um, Samsung Pay, yeah. Yeah, can be Who used. Who uses that? But I, I'm going <laughs> to... I love Samsung Pay. Um, I'm going to disagree with you, though, on the Pixel 3 catching up to face ID. You don't think we're going to see it there? I think, I think we're still a generation away really? from, for, from seeing it, which is a big time bummer. You throw the only reason I'm saying that is because, you know, Google had, had Tango, right? Yep. So the, the sensors used in Tango are very similar. So they can, I mean, we're like a few years now, you know, we're two years beyond the latest Tango, like 
In terms of design, the last Tango phone was the Asus mm-hmm. Zenfone AR. And in terms of its engineering, that phone is about two years behind now, right? It's a yes. Snapdragon 821 class yeah. phone. So I'm saying that it's not unreasonable to say that Google could have worked with someone like HTC particularly, who does a lot of mm-hmm. VR, right, with Vive, to create a sensor for the next generation Pixel 3 that miniaturizes what was in the back of Tango phones and puts it in the front in a notch or not a notch. So reasonable to assume, and I think we're seeing Android P specifically calling out essentially notches, I think it's a safe bet that the Pixel 3 will have it. But I think the Pixel 3 is going to focus on the hardware and the builds. I think that's where we're going to see it start to catch up to Apple. I think for at least for me, the knock on the Pixel 2 is that it's just like it's an ugly phone. It's an incredible phone, the incredible user experience, but it's kind of ugly compared to the competition. I agree, but that's a pr- honestly, that's the problem with HTC. Okay, here, here's the thing. There are a lot of things that will change with Pixel 3. First of all, HTC no longer exists, really, pretty much. Yep. I mean, they're going to make one more smart flagship. I've been saying this, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the, the, the U12 or whatever is going to be the last flagship HTC phone we're going to see. I agree. Um, so right now, the problem with HTC, until they were a part of Google, like they're not a completely a part of Google, but a huge chunk of them is a part of Google. Um, until then, they had to compete, right? Like, so HTC would keep the beautiful things for themselves and give the less beautiful things to Google. And then, honestly, this has been the problem with LG all along, is every time LG's made a, a Nexus or a Pixel phone, well, the only time they made a Pixel was a Pixel 2 XL, it's, it's cheap, right? I mean, uh, yes. the, the Nexus 5 is my favorite Nexus. And it's a plasticky piece of S, right? I mean, reality is it's not a really good design and not a really... I mean, it's industrial design I like, but I think in terms of build quality and materials, it has a lot, lacks a lot, right? I mean, it's also, it was really cheap. But I feel like if I put the like the V30 next to the Pixel 2 XL, same display, but the V30 feels so much more premium, right? Because, I mean... And, and this is what's vexing you about the Pixels is that these are phones that cost a lot of money, yet yeah. build quality and materials are and design are really meh, right? Very So I do meh. hope that what you say is right, but I really do feel that Google's never been that strong at design, build quality and materials, and they still don't sell enough phones to be really, really relevant. So they are making phones for those of us who really like I've been always using a, a Nexus and Pixel as my main daily mm-hmm. driver every year simply because I want the updates and, and I want the purest Google experience. And I'm willing to sacrifice, some years I've sacrificed on camera, some years I've sacrificed on design build quality. And, and this year I'm sacrificing headphone jack because of that, right? Yeah, you know, so it's... Uh, I, see it. I don't think it's going to change. So I think it's possible that they're going to introduce, but you're right. It might be Nexus, uh, sorry, Pixel 4. Who knows? You know, I'm, I'm hopeful. Google has ventured into high end of the, the build material, though, with like the Pixel Book. I mean, obviously, that's a computer for very few people, you know, but they have ventured into that sort of high end industrial design that I'm hoping is going to filter down to the phones. On, on a little yeah. bit of a tangent, though, I do think at I.O., in addition to, you know, whenever they announce the, the Pixel, whether it's, at, whether it's at I.O., whether they wait a few months like they have in the past, I do think we're going to see a Pixel Watch this year, and I'm just throwing that out there. I think the climate is ripe for for the former Android uh, Android Wear for now Wear OS. To I hope so. I'm a big Android Wear user. I mean, what is Wear OS now? Wear OS. Oh boy. Yeah, it's a mess right That's, now. I mean, Android a, Android Wear is a mess. 
is a mess. I mean, the process alone for just putting a watch, a custom watch face on, you have to download third-party app, enable the watch face that you want, go back to the Wear OS, Wear OS app, enable that watch face, go back to the third-party app, customize it, then put it back on the Wear OS app. Like, that's the steps. Don't even get me started. It's, get, it's, I, I, I used to work insane. at Pebble. I know what simple experience can be like. This is not oh, a simple experience. Sweet. I found my old Pebble. It was like a, my Pebble Steel. It was like a hearkening back to a simpler time. Does it still work? You know, I haven't charged Have it. I you charged it? it still works. You that should charge it beast. because you see the, the biggest problem with the old pebbles is that there's this manufacturing defect <laughs> that a lot of pebbles as they age, um, the display gets like the contacts come loose and it gets kind of separated from the main board. And then you get these vertical lines on the display. And uh, it seems to get worse with age uh, and worse with vibration and worse with shock. And, um, you know, mine, I have a pre-production prototype of a steel because, you know, I used to work there. Yeah. And um, it still works, but I get the vertical lines randomly from time to time when I bump it around. And then if you bump it again, it undoes that because, you know, it's a, it's kind of like an intermittent thing. Yeah. Um, when, when I when I use Android Wear, it's gotten to the point where I can only use it for pretty much notifications. And then yeah, and that's exactly and, 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 all I want and controlling, to with you. Yeah, and controlling audiobooks in my car. That's pretty much all. Yeah, and it's it's pretty it much what I'm happy with. Like I wanted uh, one of the things for me is it needs to tell the time always all the time. I like the always on option. Yep. Um and I've been using Huawei watches for quite a while. Uh, I had the watch original, now I have the watch 2, but I've put a custom leather band on it because I feel it looks too sporty otherwise, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, although there's a watch 2 classic now, which I don't have, but anyway, the point is for me it's telling the time all the time, always always on. Um, and then notifications and fitness is a third. If it's there, if it has some sensors, extra yeah. sensors, nice. I don't need it. Payment. I never use on my watch. I think that Google pay on the watch is a terrible implementation. The fact that you have to unlock the watch. Oh, it's horrible. It's like, are you kidding me? What, what were you thinking? Like it's in Bluetooth proximity with my phone. It's connected to my phone. I should authenticate at that point. Like I shouldn't have to put anything in. It should just work. Everything about the experience is a garbled mess. And I, I, Google's got to rectify it. And I think that they're finally coming close to doing it. Anyway, we're tangenting, which I love. Oh, yeah. By the way, this is a word me and Scott Stein made up on the podcast last week, which is uh, taking the word tangent and turning it into a verb. So tangenting, tangented. Um, this is good. The, the podcast is all about tangenting, but I do want to go back to the P20 because I don't okay. really care so much about Android Wear or Wear OS. I, I just want to... Uh, I'm with you on a Pixel Watch. I'd be on board. Honestly, it already exists. I'll tell you what the Pixel Watch is. It exists, and it's got all the messes and issues that we just talked about. It's a Tag Heuer watch. Ooh. I mean, if you want the best Android Wear watch, and you have a grand and a half to spend, this is your watch. I've seen it. I've used it. It is freaking awesome. If I had a contact at Tag Heuer to get a review in it, I would do so. If I could afford to spend $1,500 on a watch, which I might be able to, but I think is a little excessive for a smartwatch at least. For what's going to be outdated in like Exactly. Months. For a smartwatch, it's excessive. I would buy one because it is absolutely the best Android Wear watch or Wear OS watch I have ever used. And I'm talking about the newer one, the one that doesn't come with this rubbery bracelet that you can't remove. Yeah. Um, so the Gen 2 Tag Heuer is the best. But anyway, back to phones. Um, uh, back to kind of I.O. actually. And, and this whole Pixel 3. So, so we talked about Face ID. And I think Face ID is, needs to be faster than the next gen. 
But other than that, in terms of accuracy, I don't have any issues. And you don't either, right? No, not at all. Actually. I'm, I'm and really so, so what we need now is some Android manufacturer to do the same. So I thought Samsung might do it with S9. And then I thought Huawei might do it with P20s, particularly because Huawei teased, if you were at CES at the Honor event, they, went, they showed us a phone with a notch in the screen that is not the P20, that looks like it was a like some sort of either render or prototype. It was briefly in the video, and it looked like a future phone from Honor or Huawei that would have all the sensors you need to do Face ID. And so I thought, surely the P20 is that phone, but nope. And then the, Mate, the Note 9 might be that phone, and then the Pixel 3 might need that phone, and then maybe the Galaxy S10 might be that phone. And I'm not talking about the Galaxy X, because that's going to be the folding phone. You know, you know, Miriam, if, if you say it's going to rain, eventually one day, you say it's going to rain every day, one day, you are well, going to be right. Statistically, yes. So one major, one, yes. one day we're going to be right. And one day, one of these phones are eventually The reality is that it has to it. happen soon because Apple, you know, it's not magic what they're doing. Like there's no weird, like this is this connect shrunk down in size and some clever software applied to it. That's all it is. And they acquired the Kinect team for that. So, I mean, it's not like this is a rocket science here, folks. Somebody needs to make it happen. Get working, I'm engineers. Say, I'm going on record. I think we're going to see mainstream in-screen fingerprint readers on Android first before oh, we see absolutely. something that's absolutely. close. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And this is, goes back to the other, the fancy phone that we want to talk about later. But the, in the meantime, the P20 has a fingerprint reader in the front, which I think is a bit weird. It considering is. it's such a modern phone in every other way. And then the notch. Some people hate it. Some people love it. I'm a little ambivalent, but I have to admit that on the iPhone, the notch is poorly implemented. And I'm not talking about the perfect design of the rounded corners of the notch. If you read Daring Fireball, yeah. um, Gruberg always goes on about how perfect the curvatures of the angles of the corners of the notch are because it's Apple. And all that is true. Even though it's mental masturbation, it's true. <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> the thing is that um, we don't care because Apple, when you show a photo or a video in landscape, you should cut off that notch. It should just become invisible because you have an OLED display and the pixels are black. And why don't you do that? So here's what I think is very exciting about the P10, sorry, P20, P20 Pro, is that Huawei made a setting where you can turn off the notch. And you're going to say, oh, well, okay, you're wasting pixels. No, 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 you don't yeah. understand. They're turning, they're turning it black, so especially on the P20 Pro with OLED, it looks like it's not there. Yeah. But they're still displaying the signal and the time in there, in white, just faintly. And then the video and the photos are cropped properly and everything looks phenomenal. They even, and, and actually the pre-production units I used last week did not have this, but I've seen screenshots of the latest version and it does have this. I told them about this. I suggested they do this. I don't know if they did it because of me or if there was in the pipeline already, but they rounded the corners uh, when not displaying video and photos of the part of the the notch, uh, like the, the, you know, the, the bottom edge of the notch. So that it matches the, the natural curved yeah. bottom edge of the screen. Really dope. Do you know what I'm saying? No, it's, it's a cool implementation. I, I think so people can understand essentially since OLED technology essentially is just turning on the pixels that are being used. That's why the rest of it is just black and it's better for battery life. They're just are turning off essentially that part of the display 
that's surrounding the notch, so you can't even see it. They're basically we, doing a negative on that part of the display. So it's black yeah, on, exactly. it's white text on black instead of black text on white. So you don't see the notch, but you still have additional information there. And more importantly, it then turns the phone into a V30. You get kind of a rounded mm -hmm. corner effect on what's left of the screen, right? Because the bottom part is physically has rounded corners, but the top part only has rounded corners in the notch area. So I, I don't know if you noticed, but in software, they rounding the corners of the edges when you turn off the notch. It's really cool. It's a very cool implementation. And I, I, it's hard to not talk about the notch and they do it without harkening back to Apple. You know, Apple claimed they did it for a brand identity reasons. It's just so funny to see these, the Android. And in a way, it's a smart thing because it is immediately recognizable as an iPhone 10 when you see that notch on like an iconic diagram, right? Yeah, at least it used to, at least it used to be. <laughs> Well, no, no, but it still is because nobody has made a phone with a notch where the bottom of the displays goes right to the edge. Apple's the only one. No, that, I mean, that, Think about this the bottom, Part of the bottom part, that's true. If you just see the top of the phone, though, uh, there's right, a true. lot that look very similar. But to me, this is really weird. If you think about it, you went to MWC, you saw this too, right? Like, Zenfone 5 has a chin at the bottom. Um, Noah N10 has a chin at the bottom. Pretty much the G7, the leaked G7 we saw, mm -hmm. right? Chin at the bottom. They all have notches at the top. And now Huawei P20, chin at the bottom. And to make it even worse, they put a fingerprint reader in there. Why? Yes. This is completely defeating the purpose of a full screen display, people. So the two funny things. First, just for your listeners, have some fun. Go to the Zenfone 5 product page on Asus website. Just see if it looks familiar to you. Just go, just look <laughs> at the product the product page itself is hysterical. Um, and those G7 leaks, they were actually renders that, that we actually made at Techno Buffalo, just based on sort of schematics that we'd heard. So I'm, I'm thinking that got scrapped, but no, you're totally right. There isn't anybody that's done the bottom part as well. Because the manufacturers of displays are not making, they, they need room for the connectors and the, the electronics for the display somewhere. And they put it there. And Apple has somehow got Samsung to make them a custom OLED display. Uh, the other thing to point out is the P20 Pro is the only other notch display that I know of on the market today with OLED, other than the iPhone X. Because all the other yes. ones, the P P20 regular, Zenfone 5, Noah N10, and uh, presumably that LG display on the G7 Proto that you guys rendered, it was all IPS. Yes. So yep. IPS requires backlighting, requires a bunch of other stuff that, you know, basically OLED is thinner of a package and less connectors. So it is easier to make a display that's full screen on, on OLED. And that's also why if you look, the Essential Phone, the, the, uh, the uh, mix, Mi Mix 2, Mi Mix Original, Mi Mix 2, Mi Mix mm -hmm. 2S, which we're going to talk about in a minute, they all have a tiny little chin at the bottom because connectors yeah so there you go um, so i don't know i think i think this is a boom to me this is the biggest as much as i love this camera stuff that's ma camera madness and i love the color especially the twilight and i love how the the writing on the back of the phone is in this is in landscape mode kind of hinting at it being a camera you know what i'm saying Right? It's, it, it, yeah, like it's encouraging you to hold it right when you do video, not that vertical video BS. Yeah, the attention to detail is, is incredible. And I think for me, you see attention to detail. And this is an odd thing to say in the SIM tray. 
you take out the SIM tray on an iPhone versus the SIM tray on a Galaxy S9. Oh, I saw your story about that. Yeah. I mean, so you, your you story can, about about, you know, premiumness. Yeah, you can see the attention to detail. So I'm curious what Huawei has done, if they've taken their attention to detail down to that level. And if they have, then I give them a ton of credit for being one of the few that's sort of paying attention to the things that people don't usually see. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll see. The bottom line is, I from the back, I think the phone looks phenomenal. From the front, I'm, conf- I'm conflicted because half of it looks modern, the top half. The bottom half looks like a phone from two years ago. And wah, wah, wah. And their reason, I literally asked them then in the briefing, I'm like, what the F are you doing, Huawei? This is not a modern looking phone from the front half bottom. And they're like, well, we found that last year with a P10. Our users really like the fingerprint reader in the front. I'm like, do not listen to your users. This is not how you make good product. Talk to Apple. You do not listen to your users. You do your (laughs) thing. Okay? What the F? Huawei. Yeah, you got to tell the users what they want. And I should say that all this discussion about Huawei, and I, it's hard to talk about Huawei. I have to bring it up quickly if I can tangentialize for a minute. Oh, all yeah, the legal, go tangenting. All the legal stuff going on with Huawei. These oh phones might look gorgeous. The cameras might be incredible, but you're, you're probably not going to be able to easily purchase one in the U.S. Um, well, well, gray market's the only way you're going to purchase one in the U.S. Because even though the Mate 10 Pro is still available on Amazon, mm-hmm. and get, getting dropped by Best Buy, which is crazy, but it's still officially available on Amazon with a warranty in the U.S., the P20 will never make it to the U.S. You'll never get a warranty, no. so it'll always be a gray market product. And that is that. If you want it, just deal with it. Buy it from an importer. Remember that warranty is going to be an issue. Some importers are very good at honoring warranty. They'll handle it for you. So like, just, you know, just pick wisely. If you have a recommendation, go for it. I'm not, you know, I'm yeah. not attached to anyone. I used to, uh, used to recommend Negri Electronics back in the day because I used, I used to do good stuff. Remember Ryan and his team? I was, I was actually talking to Ryan today. Still, still close friend. Yeah, yeah, no, I talk to him on Facebook all the time, but yeah. I mean, he kind of retired and I don't know what became of his company. Yeah. I didn't really follow suit. But uh, there are some importers out there you can trust. So do your research, go out there, yeah. buy a phone. So Miriam, I got a question for you. Were what? you at the Huawei event at CES so they were supposed to announce the AT&T partnership? Yeah, it was very sad. Oh, and then, and, and then they did it? No, and I'm they joking. Cl- I didn't they, cry, they but I felt, like, I felt the CEO's pain. Yeah. So just as, as a quick story for your audience. So supposed to be this big AT&T partnership with Huawei at CES. It was leaked, it was rumored, it was about to happen. And like at the zero hour, AT&T obviously under governmental pressure backed out. And so while we had this press conference scheduled and people sitting there and like nothing, like nothing to talk about. Um, and then it was it was Sasha Segan who, God bless Sasha, that man will ask, always ask the most poignant questions at the appropriate time. I know, he's great for that. And he won't back down until he gets an answer. It was like, uh, hand raised in everybody's mouth. Just, I mean, jaws dropped and they saw his hand go up and Huawei's like, yeah, we don't know. We had nothing to say. I know it was it was it was insane. I I don't know what to make of this. Uh, I mean, I think our current regime is is a protectionist regime that will not uh, that is putting tariffs on all kinds of foreign things. They this is not going to make our economy better. This is not going to make uh, our technology our technology advantage stand out and continue to stand out if we keep doing this. 
But yet, for whatever mistake, misplaced reason, maybe the 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 intelligence um, community has some stuff, some dirt on Huawei that we have no idea about. But the reality is, I don't think this is com this is completely unwarranted. I feel that Huawei, at least on the handset side of things. Does, you know, I, I don't really believe that they have anything in there that's dangerous to, you know, anyone in the world, that these phones are safe to use. And I think they're good products. They're some of the best products. They're the number three phone maker in the world or number two, whatever it is now. And it's disgusting to me that we can't get these officially in the US. And it's even worse when, you know, it's one thing if the carriers, you know, break their deals last second. I mean, it's very newsworthy yeah. and it's very disappointing because until Huawei can sell in the carriers, they will never be able to compete with Apple and Samsung. But at the same time, when you see Best Buy pulling out, you're like, holy F-balls, this is insane. Yeah, That's my opinion. And there's no explanation really, at least yet, to the consumer as to why this is being done. Is it a, is it a spyware concern? Is it somehow related to the... Um, some of the embargoes that that's being happened and sort of the trade tariffs that are being put on. Like, what's what's the reason? It's protectionism. It's 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 misplaced. I believe it's misplaced, and it's just another way to keep. It's mostly to keep Huawei down on the networking side. I get that because you know five G is coming, and they are like one of the leaders in that. And obviously, Qualcomm oh, yeah. wants that piece of the pie, and I get all that. But Qualcomm can still have their piece of the pie. They're not throwing out a Nokia Siemens from the arena, and they're the, the other player in 5G uh, networking equipment. So I don't get it. It's like, to me, throwing, you know, you're basically throwing the baby of the bathwater by throwing these phones out. Because it's like, maybe, you know, I have no issues if they don't want a 5G Huawei equipment in the US. Fine. For the cell phone towers. Fine. Mm -hmm. But the phones, are you kidding me? There's some of the best phones you're missing out. Like you, every I single agree. one of you listening to this podcast is going to be missing out on not being able to buy the P20 and P20 Pro officially in the US. It is potentially the most innovative phone that we've seen in 2018. Well, it is definitely the most innovative phone we've seen in 2018. Potentially the most innovative phone we'll see all year in 2018. Unless there is something nefarious going on on the software side. And I, I don't believe that. I don't, don't believe know, that there but is. I still don't buy it because Europe, Europe was privacy and security obsessed. Like they're way worse than us Americans. Yeah, I don't. Right? I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. Um, but I would they like would have to know it by now. I would like to know what the it. what the reason is, and and if it is protectionism, like I would like to know that. If there's something that's nefarious in there, obviously I'd like to know that as well. Um, we'll never but the, know. The, the, we'll the never silence, know. The, the silence on it is deafening. And when the pendulum swings the other way and the current regime gets ousted, you know, then Huawei has potentially a chance to rebuild their, their smartphone business in the US if they don't pull out before then. And what I mean by pull out is they're very close. I mean, with Amazon being the only left and they're sell, sell, selling unlocked phones. And you know, there are some solutions here. There are some solutions. First of all, if I was Huawei, this is what I would do. I would stop selling Huawei the brand in the US completely. Done. I would use the Honor brand, which already exists. Brand. Yep. And I would uh, put Qualcomm chips in these phones. I know it's hard because Kirin is their thing, blah, blah, blah. I have, but I do believe they could do it. And I would sell these in the US. And then you could say like, okay, look, we're not Huawei, we're Honor. You know, we're made with Qualcomm. Mm -hmm. And uh, here's the other thing I would do to really reassure people on the software side, because we all know EMUI is a piece of BS because it's <laughs> the worst. Oh my God. I hate it. What if they sold all their phones with Android One? Oh. 
Okay. Uh-huh. I'm on, I'm so on board. So now all of a sudden you have Google's trust, right? You have Android One, pure Google implementation. You have Qualcomm's trust, the chipsets. And now you make beautiful, affordable phones for the U.S. market and laptops. Maybe put Intel chips in the laptops, <clears throat> you know, with, with the Honor brand. And you're done. Like, it's a simple strategy. And yes, you're not going to get into the carriers until the current stupid regime gets out but at least you'll sell stuff and you'll be you you can at least build mind share within the media within the early adopters the tech savvy folk the people who are going to be excited about a high quality unlocked android one phone and you're going to continue maintaining a baseline of market share like just like one plus just a baseline of market share that's what i would do i would use that exactly what you said as a business model i i don't disagree with with anything there at all I mean, seriously, Nothing. these people should pay me for this crap. <laughs> it's um, it, it's startling what's going on with Huawei. But I, I just I would have felt like I didn't do the audience if I didn't at least bring it up. You know, the the legal sort of stuff surrounding them or talking about their incredible. Oh no, I I uh, appreciate. I mean, we talked about it at length in the book. It's, it's been you know. I think in yeah. fact, my little theory was you know I didn't get quite into as much detail the last time I talked about my little theory, but. I believe that I've more or less outlined this idea of mine in the podcast before. But look, I want to go back before. I mean, we're, we want to talk about a bunch of other stuff here. We, we have yeah. talked about the P20 at length, but I do want to, we didn't talk about the camera enough. <laughs> I hate to say <laughs> it, but we need to. So a few things about the camera. for days. Well, we could, but here's the thing that is really important. A lot of my listeners, you know, are camera phone enthusiasts because I'm a camera phone enthusiast. And so they want some more meat. There's been a lot of conflicting information about there, about what's going on in terms of computational photography with a P20 and P20 Pro. And, and that's why we were teasing earlier about the stabilization issue. Notice that of all these cameras, of all these sensors, of all these lenses on these phones, four lenses and cameras and sensors on the Pro and three on the P20, mm-hmm. we have not got any with OIS except the zoom. Right? Yeah. And so if you're any, if you know anything about mobile photography, at this point, you're pulling your hair out going, are you kidding me? They're doing what they did with a P9, no OIS? Well, here's the kicker. Oh, yeah. And I've tested this, and it's insane. Somehow, Huawei has created something that they marketing speak call AIS for AI stabilization, of course, because AI is the big buzzword. And they've created a super stable electronic system that is unfortunately not good enough for zoomed uh, lenses <laughs> because the three times zoom requires, you do require some, some yeah. mechanical motion compensation, which is why they put OIS on the zoom lens. But combined with the OIS on the zoom lens, it creates incredibly stable photos. I, when I tested the P20, P20 Pro, and mostly I spent time with the P20 Pro, to be honest, so, you know, assume that I'm talking about the P20 Pro here. Um, the, you would point at an object with the viewfinder and as soon as you stop moving, like just basically you ha- it was just hand motion and no like panning motion, the image would just pop on this viewfinder and get like completely insanely steady. Like to the point where I was like, from there, if I moved even a little more than I normally would with OIS, it would still stay stable. And frankly, I have no idea how they're doing this because 
A lot of people say, well, they're using the 40 megapixel sensor and cropping. No, because they're also doing it with the P20 on the 12 megapixel sensor. So I'm not sure what voodoo magic they're using here. <laughs> but damn, it's good. And one of the modes they have is a long exposure mode that yeah. basically lets you do tripodless, like without a tripod, long exposures at night, handheld, like read my lips, handheld for four seconds to eight seconds. And I've seen it. I've tried it's insane. it. insane. It is absolutely rock solid, blurless results. So that's what's got me the most excited. And the low level, the low light performance on that phone, uh, because it uses all three lenses. Every photo you take, whether you do a bokeh or a zoom or a black and white or a, you know, whatever mode you're using or even video, all of these enhancements exist. All three sensors and lenses and, and camera systems are active at the same time. They all feed data to that Kirin 970 and um, mm -hmm. like some serious crazy ISP is happening, image signal processing. <clears throat> and the results are sublime i mean i i think this phone might finally dethrone the pixel 2 this is it we might be there i'm not sure until i get a review in it so stay tuned yeah at least on paper it looks like it should and that is lofty praise yeah lofty I praise used it, and some of those things the ais totally had my me roll my eyes and i was like there's no way on earth you made optical like image stabilization is better than optical no way and then i used it and i was like Oh my God, they did it! And, and to, to even have a discussion that that the phone is better, a camera is better than the Pixel Two XL is staggering in its own right. Correct. So here's a few things you need to know. I'm just going to finish up on the camera real quick. This is a kind of more technical details, but and this is specific to the P20 Pro. Or actually, it's also on the P20, but only on the front camera. So. The front camera, 24 megapixels, seems overkill, and it is. Nobody will ever yeah. shoot a full 24 megapixels of the front. But here's what they're doing. They're doing pixel binning. They're combining four pixels into one. So they're effectively lowering the resolution down to something like five or six megapixels yeah. um, for the front camera. And by binning, they're able to do some really clever noise reduction in low light. So you get much better low light performance in that front-facing camera than you would uh, using a standard sensor with tiny... Mm, 0.9 micron pixels like that and this is not new um you know uh nokia did it with the 808 pure view and then with a lumia 1020 which are both 41 megapixel phones um mm -hmm. and uh and uh, the 40 megapixel sensor on the p20 pro does the same it's a one micron one over 1.7 inch um 40 megapixel sensor and in most modes it does not you can set it to output 40 megapixels if you want but you're going to lose a lot of the computational photography benefits because it, by default, it outputs 10 megapixels using binning, uh, taking four pixels and turning them into one. You end up with effective pixel size of two micron, which is why it's going to slay in low light. I, I haven't seen it yet in person, so I haven't tested it, but I cannot wait to test the camera on this thing. I mean, I can't. It's just, I just, I am so excited I'm getting one soon. You have no idea. Like, I'm going to clear my week. Off. <laughs> like completely clear my desk or anything that's going on in fact i'm doing my taxes right now specifically for that so i don't have to do it later um can i make like, a request can i make a request when you get it in for more pictures of your boxer 
Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it needs a wash so bad right now. I love now. that car. I love, I <laughs> um, love yeah, that car. Yeah, I mean the weather's finally turning, so it's been kind of more or less in storage most of the winter. I mean in in my garage and and with on the on the trickle charger. So I just finally have been. I'm back in in Portland right now at my secondary residence where my cars kind of live, and I've been driving it around. So it's getting an oil change and it's going down to California for the rest of the the summer. Um. But anyway, yeah, I'll take more pictures of everything, I think, with that phone. It's going to be super exciting, right? I, I just, I, I am pumped for it. But that's not, I mean, can I, can I segue? That's not the only exciting phones that they yeah, that, that were announced. Yeah, segue, please. Well, what else are you excited about? Do okay. tell, John. So, like, what about the Porsche design? Oh, like, the Porsche design. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. So very quickly, there is a Porsche design version of the P20 and yeah, this is confusing. It's called the Mate RS. <laughs> so thanks confusing. Huawei for being consistent. Okay. But what, what's, what's crazy though, the price of this thing, if you thought a thousand bucks for a phone was crazy. 2000. I 2200, I believe for the 512 oh, yeah. gigabytes of storage. I think the, the cheapest I've seen is the, the 256 version is is uh, I think a uh, thousand something euros, so just yeah. a over a thousand. So you translate that, it's like fifteen hundred US or something like that. And then you've got the five twelve gig, which, as you said, is like twenty two hundred. And yeah, what's different? Well, it's available in black and kind of this beautiful Ferrari red, which is interesting mm -hmm. because Porsche doesn't usually, you know, the red is not your Porsche color as much as white would be, but you know porsche has guards red which is a standard yeah. color in their, their their car palette and uh, i don't know if this is a guards red but if it is it's a really nice red um so it's it's pretty much the same but it bumps the uh oled to quad hd i believe right mm -hmm. yep and the fingerprint reader is under the screen in the front there you go you're welcome and then there's one in the back as well, because, you know, those of us who like to unlock by putting our index fingers in our pockets. Woohoo. And. Yep. What else? Am I missing anything? So obviously the Indian the input finger reader. It's not the synaptics one that we saw Vivo use um, either, which, is, which is kind of interesting. They, they switched the orientation of the cameras uh, as well to yeah, be they're... kind of vertical in the middle. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's not as honestly not as sexy looking to my to in my opinion, but it is definitely the higher end version. Um, hey, one thing, John, do you know this? Yeah. Because I don't know this because I never checked when I had the phones in front of me. Does it? Do they have micro SD support? Ooh, we I gotta research that because yeah, you know the Mate 10 does so. it, but the Mate 10 Pro doesn't. And so I'm wondering of those three phones, P20, P20 Pro, Mate RS, which one has, if any? has a uh, micro sd expansion because that that's yeah. that's a big deal for a lot of people yeah i'll, I'll look it up i'm gonna probably actually go with no on that because it's the first phone you can get with 512 gigabytes of storage so i imagine that, that well definitely the porsche design it. probably doesn't yeah. but i'm thinking maybe the p20 and p20 pro do it'd be interesting to see I, they do have 128 gigs of storage which is pretty big um and there's also a p20 Lite, which i have no information about because they didn't show it to me at a briefing yeah. and it's, it was announced in paris yesterday as well uh and no built in, should, no no expandable storage by the way confirmed okay well there you go it's confirmed and no headphone jack is there headphone jack on the porsche design probably not i know i doubt it no that's too bad it comes as an adapter deal with it um all right there's a few more phones we want to talk about real quick because we have ah we we have like 15 minutes so let's cram them in there what do you want to start with john 
I mean, let me ask you, because this is, I mean, I'm sure your audience probably knows, but like, what's your, what's your daily phone? I just kind of want to know. I use a Pixel 2 XL. You know, I'm always a Pixel Nexus user to, to death, basically. Yeah, I just don't have time to switch my phones to like my daily drivers to be other phones because it requires so much. Like, no, I don't customize my phones, but I do have a lot of apps. So Are you, is yours you know, a, backups, you have the, you have the Panda, Panda color? Uh, no, I have the whatever review net they gave me, which was a black, black one. I yeah. never, they never sent me a Panda, regrettably, but hey, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, the black um, was what they uh, they always give to everybody, no matter what. I, I got both the black Pixel Two and Pixel Two XL, and so I um I love it. It's good. Camera is great. Um, and I hate the fact that it has no headphone jack. The display is wonky, but I got new to it. It's not too terrible, especially after the changes they made. Um, I mean, no, it's fine. Um, and I've got Galaxy S Nine Plus that I've been playing with. I haven't posted too many photos yet, but stay tuned for that. I'm gonna. Um, I've got some some opinions I'm going to share on maybe on the next podcast. It's good. It's good. The camera is good. It's just you know not a Pixel Two. Okay, that's the bottom line. Um, I do. I, I am enjoying. So I am enjoying. I'm using a um, nine plus that I that I went and picked up. Um, I'm loving, and I'm using it more than I thought I would. The nine sixty frames per second. Um, oh yeah. The slow mo. The slow motion's awesome. It's only point two seconds. You know. Uh, and so by the way. The Huawei P20 family has it too. 960 frame per second slow motion at 720p. Woohoo! Which is a which is a really big deal. It's it's absolutely incredible. I, I I love on the Samsung at least that it's motion activated. So like when my son starts jumping or doing something, it, it automatically kicks in. Uh, you don't have to time it perfectly, which is next to impossible for 0.2 seconds. So I, I yeah, love that is really nice. I love that, but I still find myself wanting to go back to the iPhone 10, and I always shied away from iPhones for the past years. But I it finally has a worthwhile screen on it, um, yeah. and finally caught up with, with wireless charging and sort of those requirements to make a phone useful. So I'm I'm switching phones back and forth between or the Android du jour and an iOS more often than I have in any years past. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, the, those are the phones in my pocket right now. I'll just tell you the, the four are the Pixel 2 XL, iPhone, always a four. So uh, the iPhone 10, um, the V30S Plus Think Q, and the um, and the uh, and the Galaxy S9 Plus. And then very soon, I'll probably replace the V30 with the Mate 20 Pro. Sorry, the P20 Pro. Um, so let's talk about the phones, the other phone news. There's a bunch of phone news. Yeah. If you don't mind. It's not super exciting, but... So we, we touched on this a little bit. Um, the Mi Mix 2S was announced yesterday. Yep. It is an, an, an evolution of the Mi, Mi Mix 2 uh, from Xiaomi. Again, this is not a phone you'll get in the US. Uh, but if you get in, in India, which I think it will be selling, you'll be able to get it with Google Play uh, services, which is good. Because then you... I, my, my, my Mix 2 review unit is you know does google play services which is great because you can use it um in the western world properly um mm -hmm. then uh the the improvements the changes are I, I didn't look through the specs but the biggest change is that it's got dual rear camera now right yeah and, and the, um, the biggest aesthetic changes there's there's no notch here so you're getting that yeah there's no notch, with no right? notch. It's, it's basically the same as the previous in terms of like it's go right up to the top and then there's a small little chin at the bottom that has the camera mm -hmm. in it. So it encourages you to flip the camera, like to flip the phone around so you don't have that, you know, under chin thing going on uh, when you take selfies. 
uh, which the Mimix 2 and Mimix original as, do mm -hmm. as well. So, you know, it's just, uh, I think it, they bumped the uh, processor to Snapdragon 845, I believe. So it's improved uh, from, uh, from the 835 mm -hmm. and it's got um, dual camera, which I haven't looked at the details, so don't ask me the specs. Uh, I'll post a link to a story on on Techno Buffalo about it. Woohoo! There you go. So, so, so I can um, tell you, it's uh, two different versions. Either an eight gigabyte version or six gigabyte version, varying between one twenty eight on the ROM or two fifty six. Um, mm -hmm. So there's. The Am I right about size. the eight forty five? It's eight forty five, right? Uh, I have. I honestly cannot confirm. If, I gotta imagine it's eight forty five, but here I'll. Uh, I'll I'll tell you real fast. So it's running their the MIUI nine on top of Android eight point one, which I give them credit for eight point one on here. That's um, nice, yeah. Qi wireless charging. The band support is a big one here too. It supports kind of absolutely everything. Um, I am. Oh yeah, not... added, they added Qi. They added Qi. That's a big thing that was in the original yeah. too. Um, but I, what's the processor? Uh, so Snapdragon forty five. Yeah, confirmed that, yeah, yeah. Snapdragon 845, and it's got Ooh, the Sony IMX363 sensor in it, which is an awesome sensor. So is the second camera a wide-angle or a zoom? So it's got a single dual-shot oh, camera, and then it's got 12, uh, two 12-megapixel cameras on the back. I'm looking at it. Um, I think it's got to be a zoom. It's got to be a zoom camera. I don't it's got to be a zoom. Camera. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the most the most popular option. Okay, yeah, so there you go. There's a Mi Mix 2S, and we'll post a link about it. Uh, I want to touch briefly on some i some um, not iPhone, some OnePlus Six leaks. We've seen uh, mm -hmm. uh, Evan Blass uh, EV leaks has posted a photo of the back of the phone. Um, did you see that? Yeah, I love the way he teased it, too. He's like, hey, you heard of this little company I, called I'm, OnePlus? I'm bringing it up because it seems to me like I can't figure out what material that is. that wood? Is that brushed metal? What is that? I, th I think it's their... So in the past years, they've had these snap-on cases that have gone on the back right. and they've had wood cases. I think it's just one of those. I don't think he's actually showing oh, okay. the material underneath. That, that, that's what I got out of it because it looks identical to the cases with the other uh, OnePlus devices. Okay, that's what I thought. It's a black and white photo, it looks like, so it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, but it's got a lot of texture on the back, which is kind of yeah. interesting. Um, but I mean, look, the OnePlus 6 is... is I, I have a feeling it's imminent. There's more and more activity around it. Um, Kind of like what happened with the Galaxy S9 and, and other phones um, with leaks uh, or the P20 for that matter. So I think um, I think you should keep your ear to the ground. I think the OnePlus 6 is going to be a delightful phone. I think it's going to have a notch. It's going to be super modern looking because of it, for better or worse. Hopefully they can do what Huawei is doing and like hide the notch in this very clever way. Um, and then um, uh, while we're on the subject of, of Google-y things... I want to talk about, um, I think it's, is it Asus or Acer that launched a Chrome OS tablet yesterday, or the day before, just, just Asus. Asus, I believe. You're right, it's Asus. So Asus, just kind of out of nowhere, just said, hey, here's a tablet. It's, it's not an Android tablet, it's Chrome oh, no, OS. It's Acer, Acer, excuse me, I apologize, it is oh, Acer. Oh, see, I knew it was one of the It's the, the Chromebook Tab 10. Taiwanese company. So it's an Acer tablet sorry asus and sorry acer acer credit where credit is mm -hmm. due um i don't know the specs i didn't even look i but i do have an art i do have a link to put down in the show notes for you guys uh I, we knew we were going to talk mostly about the p20 so i just wanted to kind of bring it out there if you haven't seen the news go check out the show notes there is a chrome os tablet out there now it's a pure tablet it doesn't have a, a keyboard or anything it's kind of interesting 
What's it's what's your quick take on that? Super interesting. John? So I can, do you want me to? Get, I can get the specs just real quick. Yeah, um, do you have the specs real quick? Yeah, you know, I, I, I got it handy. So it's just a 9.7 inch QXGA LED panel. It's 248 by 1536. It's the OP1 is a processor. Uh, That's rock chip, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Gigs storage, 4 gigs of RAM. It's got cameras, the rest of the stuff you'd expect. It does have pen support. I've actually been using a Chromebook at home for most of my like. Computer I love. Needs Chrome. I have a my my main. Well, my I have two main computers. I have a I have a, I have a Mac, and I have a uh, I have my Pixel, uh, Chrome Chromebook Pixel. That, that well, that's well, what I've been the, using too. What is it? The new one, whatever the latest one, the one that turns the, into the a Pixelbook. Tablet. The Pixelbook. Pixelbook. Thank you. I, I um, was completely blanking on the name there for a second. Yeah. So I, I've been pretty impressed with Chrome OS, and now you're taking it to a tablet form. That can also support Google Play. Uh, you know, you pair that with a keyboard case or some sort of Bluetooth keyboard, and you've got a really compelling package, especially at a presumably way lower cost than Apple's just introduced, you know, low-cost 6th-gen iPad. Um, if you haven't tried Chrome OS, it's n- at least now more than just a browser. Um, local storage, you know, being able to have a file explorer, you can do almost anything with it. Um, I've just, I've been very impressed with what the power of it and what it can do. Yeah, I'm really intrigued because I, I wouldn't, this wouldn't be a product I would seek out because I really want a keyboard, but I do have to admit, I sometimes flip my uh, Pixelbook over into a tablet mode to watch videos and stuff. And I really mm-hmm. like that option. So I'm intrigued to see what it would be like to live life with a Chrome tablet. Um, you know, as long as I could pair a Bluetooth keyboard from time to time, it'd be all right. Um, Interesting. And and you segued so beautifully into this. Uh, Apple announced something yesterday, uh, and it wasn't that exciting, but it, it was significant because it is a new iPad. It's a new 9.7-inch iPad that is mm-hmm. affordable. $299 educational price, $349 regular price. And it's a big bump over the previous cheap iPad, if you want to call iPads cheap, um, because it has the A10 processor, correct? Yes, it's got the yeah, A10, same process that was in the 7 and the 7. And plus. it supports the uh, Apple Pencil, and Logitech has a new little uh, pencil clone that costs $49. And so we're wait, seeing if I, some if I, if I can ch- chime in yeah. on that too, it's only available for schools. They can only ones that can buy that crayon that Logitech made. The consumers uh, oh, cannot, the $49 cannot buy that. one? Ah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sure that won't last. Don't worry. Uh, but the point is, uh, Apple event yesterday in Chicago at some fancy school where they launched uh, another very boring iPad. But, you know, iPads are boring, but they're very liked and very, you know, they're probably the best tablets out there. So I'm not, you know, I'm not being cranky on the iPad. I'm just saying it's not something I use. And But I know millions of people use them and love them. So having a more affordable option is a g- that performs well is a good thing. So there you go. I lo- That's the Apple I event loved, in a nutshell. I loved what Apple did. So Apple doesn't want to be known for playing in the low end of the market, right? Apple's in as a premium manufacturer. Of course. So what they did was, they did it under the guise of education. Hey, for schools, we're having a lower cost iPad. We're playing in the lower markets for schools. But hey, also, it's available for consumers, you know, if you want to buy it. But it's just for schools. But consumers, if you want to buy a lower cost iPad, hey, we've got it available. But it's just for schools. They did like sort of a, a, a Steve Jobs sort of distortion um, with the low cost iPad. It was it was a, just a brilliant marketing play, um, and I was, no, I was very impressed with how Apple executed it. I mean, that's Apple's brilliant in marketing. Like you can't knock them for marketing. So, yeah, I think 
I, I mean, you know, again, iPad, I don't have much use for it, but I know lots of people do. Yeah. I do think it's the best tablet on the market. I can't, I always recommend people ask me, should I buy a tablet? I'm like, whatever you do, do not buy an Android tablet. Seriously, don't. <laughs> it's, they're terrible. They're horrible. Maybe a Kindle Fire if you're just watching, you know, videos and, and reading books. But even then, I, I'm not convinced. I'm not sold on, on Kindle Fire. So uh, no, I say, nor am I. save your money and buy an iPad because look, if you're creative and you want to do some cool stuff, the best music apps exist on the iPad. Like I'm, you know, I'm a musician and I like, I like to tinker. Um, you know, if you want to have like the, all the synths and the different, you know, mixing and, and, and music creation apps, there's, there's nothing that touches the iPad there. And yes, you can do it on your iPhone 10, but your iPhone 10 is too small of a screen to really make that, you know, worthwhile. So, what are you going to do? Get an Android tablet for that? Please. <laughs> Kid, do, bah, they, they, whatever. They, they barely exist nowadays anyway, except for really uh, Samsung's Tab S3. Which is why I think this is kind of interesting that Acer made this Chromebook tablet because there's something to be said there. Um, Very much agree. tablet. That's kind of a weird Chromebook tablet. Book tablet. Ugh. The world we live in, John, I do not <laughs> understand um more news i think that's it we've we've cut every, we've covered everything so now we, we can it. like just kind of like we can like rant and rave about whatever else we want for a few more minutes um you said let's talk about um our, our sponsor audible you said you like to listen to audiobooks in your car earlier uh, tell me you're using audible which is our sponsor so i pretty much only use my car stereo for audiobooks, and I only use Audible. I'm listening right now to John Grisham's uh, "The Rooster Bar," is well, the book go. that I am currently uh, listening to. I and that, that's not like a something I'm saying just for the sponsor. I like legit use Audible uh, on a daily basis. They are the best when it comes to to audiobooks, and usually the cheapest. Uh, it, yeah, and you know, I have to agree. I mean, I you know, this is not simply because audiobook, uh, Audible is sponsoring this podcast, but. I really do believe that Audible has the best selection and is really the best platform for audiobooks. And so, of course, they are our sponsor. And, uh, you know, please support the podcast by going to visit the, uh, the promo link I'm going to give you in a second. You know, Audible is the number one, the, you know, the most prolific audiobook platform out there. And you should check them out. They're affordable. They have lots of selection. Um, I'm in the middle of... Um, um consider I, I just finished the 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 star wars uh um you know the last jedi 11 hour plus epic audio but i'm uh i'm about to go uh, into the william gibson realm uh and revisit some of the early books that i really love so um and you just told us what you're listening to so uh if you want to support the podcast go uh uh to audibletrial.com slash mobile tech that's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech click on that link and it'll support the podcast and join audible uh you can try it for free for the month or whatever it's totally totally interesting if you don't have time to list to read books and you want to listen to them instead you know for me it was like i stopped reading because i didn't have time to to read the books physically and being able to listen to them on road trips on planes whatever really made a difference in my life because i'm now feeling like i'm doing books again but it's fitting into my life and that's what and for you that sounds what it's like because you you're commuting in your car or something right yeah i don't know i just don't have two kids at home i just unfortunately don't have time to read anymore but i love 
but I loved reading and I loved hearing new stories. So, uh, legitimately, Audible has been the only way that I have a chance to keep up with my authors and sort of stories that I want to I want to keep reading. There you go. So, John, we should wrap it up. So, do you want to pimp yourself? Tell people where they can find you <laughs> on the social medias and the internets. I mean, obviously, yeah. Buffalo, but do tell. I'm on Techno Buffalo or YouTube is Techno Buffalo. The, the, the URL is technobuffalo.com. Um, check us out. I mean, I've just, it was just an honor to, to be on here, Miriam, to talk with you uh, about tech. So, and I think you're one of the more respected voices in the industry. And uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be on here with you. Thank you for having me. So are you. I mean, Techno Buffalo has been around for a long time and has done We're some old. solid work. Absolutely. <laughs> I read we got it. old. You should read it too. Um, did you tell people where they can find you on Twitter and on, uh, yeah. on, on Instagram and all that? Yeah, for, for Instagram, I'm John Rettinger. At Twitter, I'm the uh, uh, unfortunately named at John for Lakers, uh, J-O-N. Um, but you can always find me at Techno Buffalo as well. Fantastic. And you folks all know where to find me. I'm at Tank Girl. That's T-N-K-G-R-L. It's like the comic book character without the vowels. Uh, that's my handle almost everywhere, but I could not get it on YouTube. So it's on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, YouTube, just go to youtube.com slash Miriam And the reason I bring that up is you should subscribe because I publish videos there that are just, you know, compliments to this podcast, like unboxings and quick reviews and, you know, hands-ons and things that show you like, there's a hands-on on the P20 and P20 Pro. So you can see the phones while we talk about them. You can like maybe watch them while you listen to the podcast. You don't have to watch with audio. Uh, subscribe to that channel. Like the videos. And of course, subscribe to the podcast. Please tell your friends about the podcast. MobileTechPodcast.com. That's MobileTechPodcast.com. Just visit there. You'll find the RSS feed. If you search for Mobile Tech Podcast on uh, Pocket Cast or iTunes, you'll find it as well. Please subscribe. Tell more people. We're trying to grow this into something fun. So I need your support. And John, thanks for being on. It's really, really awesome. I finally got you on. I'm so glad. My pleasure. Thank you for, thank you for having me. All right. That's the wrap, folks. Uh, stay tuned for our show next week. And cheers. Bye-bye. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.